Merry Christmas, everybody. It's good to be with you tonight, and I'm glad you could make it out here at Greater Alton Church. Um, uh, we've been in a series of lessons uh, looking at this movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Sometimes Hollywood gets it right. Sometimes they do get some things that uh, make you think about what's in the Bible. And I'm um, hoping that tonight, by looking at the idea of Christ not ever being born, might make you uh, think a little bit more about Christmas and appreciate it a little bit more. What we're going to do is I'm just going to try to make this very short. And then we're going to have communion together. And by the way, this is open communion for those of you who wonder. Anybody can take communion with us. We welcome anybody that believes in Jesus that wants to take communion and remember Christ. You're more than welcome to participate, okay? So uh, let me tell you a few things before we have communion tonight. I just thought it was interesting, this idea. We took a stab at it. Coral wrote this. Uh, Coral, I thought, did a great job of writing this. And, and yeah. And... And I told her, I said, Coral, I'd just like first to find a way to capture a little bit about what would it be like. Just like George Bailey in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, he figures out what it's like not to ever been born. The big hole it leaves. Is there a way we could communicate the same thing? The hole that Jesus would leave if he were never born. And it's not a pretty sight, is it? It's not pretty at all. There's no good news when you stop and think about it. There's no one between God and mankind, because that's what Jesus supplied. And there's no reason to pray. There's no reason to hope. But I want you to know tonight we have good news because Jesus did come. He did come to this earth. And he came what we call on Christmas, not on December 25th. I know some of us, maybe you're one of those people, you know, he really wasn't born in the wintertime. Okay, I know that and you know that. But isn't it nice to set aside at least a moment to think about the birth of Jesus? For without his birth, there would be nothing else. There'd be nothing else. And Jesus did come for a reason. It wasn't just so you and I could have a merry little Christmas, okay? Uh, look at this passage up here on the Scriptures. Here's what Jesus said. He said this in John 10, The thief is only there to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Why did Jesus come? He came so you and I could have a wonderful life. And without Him, it sucks. Without Him, it's not much. Says Jesus, He is the reason for this season. Um, I want you to notice, though, that uh, not only He wants to bring a wonderful life, it's a different kind of life. When you study the culture that Jesus was born into the Greek and Roman and Jewish culture, you find out that Jesus just shatters all these cultural ideals of his time. See, we don't know what it's like before Christ. You know, when we sign a check and we put the date on, it's after Jesus had come and everything changed after he was born. And what are you talking about, Tim? Well, in the culture that Jesus grew up in, families didn't matter. You were property as children, and as a wife, you were property. That's all you were. You had no say. You had no value. Yet Jesus, when he came to earth, he completely changed that with a radical different view. That family matters. That you should honor your father and mother. That you should love your children and love your wife. Also, speaking of life, human life mattered. Again, during Greek and Roman culture, even during the time of Christ... Human life wasn't that precious. People didn't care for one another. You know, one of the things I found remarkable as I studied about the early church was what really attracted them the most was how they treated people. 
There was no group on the planet that treated people so well as Christian people. I don't know what kind of Christian you are today. Can you live up to that? Do you live up to that? Because our world still needs Christians that love people, just like Jesus. See, Jesus believed everyone mattered. That's why he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's why he would be with and touch people that no one else would touch or have anything to do with. He believed everybody was made in the image of God, and that included his enemies. And that was a totally different concept that the world naturally went by, okay? Take the sick, for example. There's another thing that Jesus challenged. Back in, again, during Greek-Roman culture, the sick were discarded like you would a dirty napkin or a paper plate. If you were sick, there was no one to help you, no one to take care of you. No one really cared about you when you were sick. And yet today, if you needed to go to the emergency room today, would an ambulance come and get you? Or you could go to the ER and there'd be a hospital there. They're there because of Jesus. You know that, don't you? Because he changed the concept of how we should see the sick and the poor and the hurting. You see, he really did radically change the world with his life. You know, George Bailey, he touched Bedford Falls. But Jesus, he touched the whole world, even touches you and I in 2015. I don't know if Christmas is a big deal to you. I don't even know why it would be a big deal to you. Um, a lot of people have different ideas. I've, I've put people in categories. There's the jingle bell crowd. You know, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. That's why I wasn't singing with them, okay? But you know, I'm, you know, there's the jingle bell side, and that's the fun and the, you know, the, the, the shopping and the lights and Santa and Rudolph and, and Buddy the Elf, you know, that group. And Christmas to them is just a wonderful time of the year. Now, they don't think about Christ very much, but they like the presents. They like the trees. They like the lights and the food and the snacks. So there's the jingle bell crowd. Then you got the Jesus crowd. We should only think of Jesus. Santa Claus is a myth. We don't like Santa Claus. We don't like Rudolph. Although, secretly, we'll watch those shows. We don't want to tell anybody, right? We've got them hidden away somewhere. But we have that side where we see this is the time to celebrate his birth. I'll come back to that in a minute. There was a survey taken one time. People were asked, why are you celebrating Christmas? And you can't believe all the different answers there were. One of the answers was, I'm celebrating Christmas because I finally got through another year. <laughs> another one said, I got a Christmas bonus. That's why I'm celebrating Christmas. Another one said something like, uh, I'm celebrating Christmas with my family, and I just like being with my family during this time of the year. Or maybe you're like someone who said, man, my son and daughter come back from serving in the military overseas, and we're just going to celebrate that they're safe and they're sound. Some of us probably would say this. We'd say, I'm celebrating Christmas because I've finally finished all that shopping, and now I can relax. And maybe you're someone who said this one time. When they were asked, what do you, are you celebrating Christmas for? And they simply said, I'm not celebrating anything. I just can't wait for it to be over. We can move on. You know, this year is the 50th anniversary of Charlie Brown Christmas. Anybody like that besides me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that Charlie Brown Christmas tree, that poor thing. 
You know, and if you remember, Charlie Brown's wanting to put on a pageant. He's wanting to put on a play of Christmas, and, and uh, no one's cooperating. People are partying, they're goofing off, and he's getting so frustrated. And then the commercialism. He sees all the materialism and the commercialism that goes into Christmas. And finally, out of frustration, he says something like this. Isn't there anyone here that can explain to me the meaning of Christmas? And Linus Van Pelt says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can. And remember, he walks out on the stage and he says, lights, please. And the lights come down. And here's what he says. He quotes Luke chapter 2. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Praise God. For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Linus was right. Christmas is about celebrating the coming of Jesus, the coming of God in the flesh on this earth. Now remember earlier I said something about the Jesus crowd. I want to say something. If you're in the Jesus crowd, all of us, but especially those of us in the Jesus crowd, it's so easy to to think Christmas is really about a baby, a helpless baby in a manger. Jesus was more than about a baby being in a manger, folks. He came to change things up. He came to change things on this earth. You see, it was more than a delivery, in other words. Let me read another passage to you as we close. I want you to see, this is a Christmas passage that we probably don't think of Christmas when we read it. But see if you see Christmas reference to it. It says in Hebrews 2, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Is that a reference to his birth? Absolutely. So that by his death, do you see something there already? Without Jesus being born, there's no death. Without a manger, there's no cross. It says, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And look at this. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Why is Jesus, why isn't he a dog or a cat or a bird? Because he wasn't interested in connecting with cats or birds or dogs, okay? He was interested in connecting with people. And God knew the only way to get you to know that He understands where you are and where you're going and where you're coming from, He's got to be like you in every way. And the Bible says He was like us in every way, fully human. For what purpose? In order, look what it says, that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. So He can relate to you. And that He might make atonement, and this is the biggie, that He might make atonement for the sins of the people. Why did Jesus come? He came to pay a debt you could not possibly pay. Everything you've done wrong, everything you will do wrong, 
You can't pay in full. But Jesus can and did when he came to this earth and died on the cross. Because he himself suffered. Look at this. When he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. You see, Jesus did not stay a baby. He grew up and became a man. Showed us how to live a mature life. How to follow God. He told the world, he told his disciples all the time, the world must learn that I've come to do the will of God. In other words, the world must learn it's about pleasing their creator. And I'm going to show everybody how to do that. Sometimes it isn't easy. But Jesus said, you've got to follow. You've got to trust anyway. And he showed us how to do that. How to do this in a mature way. He came to show us truth and tell us the truth. Why not going to tell us what we like to hear? But tell us what we need to hear. I read this this week. The good news of Jesus isn't true because it works. It works because it's true. Think about that for a minute. He says, I'm here to tell you the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what he's talking about there. And notice in verse 15, again, it says, And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I mentioned a minute ago, you know, 50 years ago, I was 8 years old. Charlie Brown Christmas first aired on TV. I remember sitting in front of the TV and watching it. I've watched that. I've, how many times have you, can you think of how many times you've watched it? I know I've watched it at least 50 times. Probably more. You know how kids are. Again, 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 you know. You know and, 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 well, adults too. <laughs> okay. you know, and I've seen, I've seen that. I've never seen this before. Never saw what I'm about to share with you. As Linus is talking... And he's quoting Luke 2. He drops his blanket. You know when he drops his blanket? When he says the words, fear not. And it's believed Charles Schultz did that on purpose. He did that on purpose to send a message to you and I. That God came to this earth to deliver you from your fears. That Jesus came to this earth to give you the power to overcome your habits, whatever blanket you have, whatever stronghold it is. That Jesus Christ came so you can drop that and be free of that and never worry again. And see, none of this would have been possible, folks, if he hadn't been born. We're about to take communion. And I hope Christmas means something to you because when He came, He came to pay for every sin you and I have ever committed. And on top of that, He would go into a tomb, stay there for about three days and come out and prove to you that He is who He claimed to be and has the power to help you. See, Christmas is about Jesus coming to earth. It's more than a baby. It's about a wonderful life. A life you can have better than you've ever dreamed of. So we're going to remember. We're going to remember Jesus right now. I mean, you do have reason. Don't you have a good reason to celebrate Christmas this year? Absolutely. Aren't you glad He was born? Praise God. So when you're with your families... 
when you're watching these Christmas movies, when you're listening to Christmas music and you're fighting for whatever toy it is that's the last one on the shelf, remember Jesus. For he came and made everything different and can make everything different for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for for coming yourself. Father, I thought about, I was thinking this week just a little bit about what does your coming, what does Jesus coming to this earth say? And Father, it tells me that I matter. It tells all of us here that we matter. That you didn't send a prophet. You didn't send an angel. You came yourself to earth. You wanted to know us and meet us and walk with us face to face. And if that doesn't communicate love, I don't know what does, Father. And then to give your son on a cross to die for our sins to make atonement, to make the debt that we owe you free and clear. We're so grateful. Father, we pray as we remember, as we think of Jesus, that's really what we're going to do here. We're going to be eating some bread and drinking some grape juice, that bread fittingly representing your body that was sacrificed. You claim to be the bread of life, Father. And so we take this little bit of bread and we, that symbolically tells us, it just tells us, Lord, we need to depend on you for life. And Father, as we do that and as we drink this grape juice and as its sweetness tightens our jaws a little bit, let it remind us of how sweet you really are. Your son's so sweet and so good. It's so good to follow you. You are good to us. We thank you and praise in the name of Christ. Amen.